Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Health literacy in the pandemic. So first of all, folks, though we are in a public health emergency, we are in a health literacy disaster. The deficits in health literacy were already common before COVID-19, but now they're more evident than ever during this pandemic. The interesting thing is that health literacy isn't always about knowing how to read or having a college degree. It means what you can understand and what you perceive. Uh, As your doctor explains something, do you really understand it? It's the gap in the sender, message, and receiver equation where the message isn't always fully received and the the concept of feedback is non-existent. Low health literacy is amplified during this pandemic, especially by misinformation and disinformation trending on social media and sometimes, sadly, (laughs) in the mainstream media. People in Michigan were microwaving books to kill coronaviruses. Uh, They had vodka concoctions to use as hand sanitizers. And Doc, do you remember our friends that were using the hair dryers up their nose? And uh, my grandmother saying, baby, what kind of, oh, well, (laughs) I digress. Even the Centers for Disease Control uh, and Prevention had to put out a double warning not to clean food with bleach or to drink bleach. Mis and disinformation even had people with heart attack symptoms afraid to go to their emergency room because they were afraid of a heightened coronavirus risk. Some people are embarrassed to ask questions, and some are even afraid to admit that they don't understand because they don't want to seem like they're not smart. SMART is simply an acronym for simple mastery of accepted and repeated theory, true or not. Health literacy can be one of the best predictors of someone's medical condition status. Studies have shown that people with low health literacy often have more hospitalizations, more ER visits, and also a higher mortality rate, particularly for heart disease. Healthcare providers are encouraged to use the teach-back method, which often involves the patients telling the provider what was just said. Remember the uh, sender message receive receiver equation I referenced? Well, the important part is the mutual feedback. The whole purpose of the equation is for both the sender and the receiver to walk away with a mutual understanding of the message. Doc, I don't know. Uh, We've been dealing with this for a long time. Uh, Health literacy is the lane where I live. That's right. uh, COVID and COVID-19, like with a lot of other things, has pulled the bandaid off and exposed the wound where we need to start healing. Yeah. You know, the, the, again, the, I almost feel, you know, th- this is 100% you. So. But one thing that we do now is that healthcare providers need to avoid using medical jargon. And uh, and this is so they can help better communicate with folks, especially those with low health literacy. Um, 
Whenever possible, I know that I use pictures and diagrams uh, if it's easy if it's easier for people to understand. Uh, patients' instructions should be written in a way where it's simple. For example, it should be written uh, somewhat to a sixth grade level. I know you remind me here in New Orleans whenever I write uh, that we need to write to a fifth grade level, right? Yeah, you know, my grandmother would say, "Baby, if people can't understand you, baby, you don't need to be talking." <laughs> if you anyway. can't explain it to a child, folks then you don't know it. If people can't understand, you don't know it. Let me also end by saying this. Folks, please help us. uh, And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume that you already are. But please help us to fight the misinformation, the disinformation. I think that's probably the number one uh, leader to uh, the low health literacy that we're seeing uh, here right now. Hurricanes, fires, and COVID-19. Oh, my. Can the government afford to take another hit? What's next, America? Even though the U.S. has been dealing with COVID-19 for many months now, recent events have intensified the pandemic greatly. On the East Coast, Hurricane Isaias was pummeling the coast with its high winds, and on the West Coast, an evacuation was ordered for 8,000 people due to a wildfire in California. Furthermore, in both places, as well as everywhere else, there's a pandemic that keeps worsening. That California fire is known as the Apple Fire, and it burned 27,000 acres so far, though it remains much smaller than other recent fires uh, in the state of California. Now, while that seems to be maybe a little bit more on the positive side, winds carrying the wildfire smoke eastward may cause an extreme effect on other states. In Las Vegas, for example, Clark County air quality officials issued a two-day smoke advisory urging people with respiratory problems to stay home. Wildfire smoke contain high amounts of soot and other fine particles that can aggravate asthma and other respiratory problems, increasing the rate potentially of infections from COVID-19. There is strong evidence from studies of influenza and other viruses that smoke can increase the risk of deep lung infections like pneumonia, which occurs, of course, in severe cases of COVID-19. The coronavirus pandemic has further uncovered blemishes in the country's defenses, including weak construction standards in vulnerable areas, underfunded government agencies, and racial and income disparities that put some communities at greater risk. All of these lead experts to fundamentally rethink how it prepares for similar disasters as the effects of global warming accelerate. So let's just say here that the combination of tropical storms, wildfires, and other disasters coming after months of prior disasters and the struggle to deal with the pandemic have taken a growing toll on the nation's disaster response system. Part of the problem is that more frequent disasters, of course, make it harder to recover from. Unfortunately, this offers a preview of life in a warming world and the steady danger of overlapping disasters. Ooh, Doc Riggs. America's Online Classes for Learning. With schools starting soon, we still don't even have a clear plan on how this is going to happen. School leaders across the country are caught between really a rock and a hard place. There's public health officials like Doc Griggs and I stating that schools should not open without proper safety measures. And of course, recognizing that there's no community or neighborhood spread of the virus. But there's also demands coming from the administration that all schools need to open back up. And to provide safety measures, it would cost billions of dollars to reopen a school. But yet, there is no money approved by Congress. Teacher unions are demanding an all-virtual program due to an uncertainty in regard to safety measures that are not being enforced in school campuses. 
Yeah, America's about to start. We're about to start uh, round two of this unplanned experiment in online teaching. And for millions of students, this type of virtual learning won't be any better than it was when we first started it back in March when the lockdown happened. As the school year is about to start in a few weeks, many teachers have yet to be trained on how to use online software or how to adapt to the online uh, teaching and learning process. Many students don't have computers and internet to access and attend online classes. Families are not prepared. And at the very essence of it all, Doc, some schools would even have to possibly open for students to attend online class. So, you know, here we go uh, again. Okay, so there hasn't been much thought on how schools should reopen. For example, is there hand sanitizer and face masks provided for students? Is the school big enough so that students can practice social distancing? With regards to online learning, some students and teachers haven't even been properly trained with some of the online software for learning, such as Zoom. Even still, some teachers and students may not even own computers or laptops. The virtual learning could be effective if everyone knew how to use software provided and have good working laptops or computers with good internet access. But like what we've talked about on previous episodes of Noise Filter, that we are seeing significant racial uh, and economic uh, disparities between schools across America. And again, another thing that the COVID-19 pandemic has ripped a Band-Aid off. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.